it's 11 o'clock. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Woman podcast. My name is Tony, and today I have with me Cheta, a valued member of the Wealthy Woman community, uh, a member of our Wealthy Woman team as well, honorary member of our team. That's how special <laughs> she is. And, also, <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about owning property in the UK. Um, Cheta has just bought her first property. Congratulations. And we're going to be talking all about that. (laughs) So introduce yourself and then, and then we'll dive right into it. Okay. Thank you. Hi, uh, my name is Cheta. Um, I currently work as a product manager at a startup, a fintech startup. Um, before that I worked at a bank, like I did traditional banking. I actually just moved to London last year february before that i was in lagos since uni for about i don't know let me not cast my age but maybe like what seven eight years so yeah (laughs) that is me in a nutshell (laughs) nice 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 so so how long have you had your property have you moved in what kind of property give us a bit of background so yeah i moved in well i collected the keys on the 31st of march so it's been like Three months, two months. What is that? My math is failing me. And I moved in. I can't excuse thirty first of March. I think I moved in around end of April because um, I had a trip planned already. So I was out of the country. And then I, as soon as I came back, I started like moving my things. And thankfully, my brother was around. So like, if I needed something built, like the bed or whatever, just ask. So can you please just go and w- watch them as they build the bed? Because I didn't want to come back. I wanted to basically come back and like have at least a bed there so that I can sleep there. So I had all of that, all of that, some of the stuff done, like the bed and stuff done before I came back. It is a two bedroom apartment. The reason I did a two bedroom when I was doing my research, everyone said like, yeah, it's a little bit extra money, but it's so much worth it. Like it's, it's worth it because when you, when it's time to sell, you know, or it's time to rent, if you do end up wanting to do that, like your property is so much more valuable. But when I say it's a little bit more, it's still like a lot of money, <laughs> but like in the context of the total yeah. price that you pay, like it's worth getting that extra cash if you can to get a two bedroom property because obviously the benefits, you know, far outweigh the cost. I also made sure it was a two bathroom. I did not realize that finding a two bed, two bath in London was a near impossible task. I do not know why they make two bedroom flats with one bathroom. Like I, I, I don't understand why that is even a thing. Like it should, it just shouldn't be done. Like I, why would you have two bedrooms or one bathroom? <laughs> like that shook, that, that had me shook because I was just like, that should even be an option. But there were so many with two beds and one bath and then you have to pay a little extra a bit extra for the second bath like anyways you're completely preaching to fire because i think the same goes for me like there was just no way as in there was absolutely no way that yeah i was going to have one bathroom in this like like like, it was a zero chance because like it's just it's just it's not a thing but like you said um there is some there's a surprising number of flats in london like i've even seen like four bed one bath and i'm like is this a joke? Is this a joke? Like, first we have four bedrooms. Like, and one bathroom? You know, but anyway, it's um, ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, so yeah. Um, I don't know if I want to talk about, like, how I found the place. Maybe I'll just add, add that a bit as well. Nothing, like, uber scientific. I had already told myself I wanted to live in certain areas. So I had said, uh, you know, I'd chosen the regions I wanted to live in. I said, okay, I'm just going to stick my search to that area because otherwise you'd just be so overwhelmed because... I mean, in London, you have Northwest, West, South, East, like it's a lot. For me, the second thing was that I had to, I was using the help to buy government scheme 
and that limited the property mm-hmm. you could access because you had it had to be a new build. You couldn't buy like an old property, an existing building, anything that required like repairs and stuff. So it had to be a new build. So that like further reduced my search and the options that I was that I was entitled to. The last thing I would say is that um, I literally looked on the Elizabeth line. <laughs> so like I was looking for mm-hmm. um, different options where in terms of connections to like central London or other parts of London, like tube connections, bus connections, what would be something that, what's something that would give me easy access to central without having to like be in central? Because obviously if you know London, you know that's anywhere that is like zone one, two, it's practically, practically impossible to, to afford, right? So look at like zone three, zone four and, and et cetera. So I looked at, obviously, I forgot, I just removed zone one and two from my mind because that was just never going to happen. So I looked for zone three, four mm. and, and the rest. And I literally looked on the Elizabeth line and I was like, okay, Elizabeth line, zone three, four in the regions I wanted to. And I saw that there were some new mm. lines that hadn't been, that's obviously um, weren't there on the tube map before. And I figured, okay, if these are like new tube stops, it means that there's probably going to be a lot more, um, traffic coming to these areas. They're probably looking to like uh, build these areas up, add more um, facilities, more shops, more activities generally going on in those areas. So I was like, okay, when the time does come to sell later on in life, this will be useful because essentially in my mind, I'm like, I'm getting it at a discount because it's not a very known area right now. But then because it's now on the Elizabeth line, there's more access to it. And if there's more access to it, then more people are going to live there. And whoever are going to live there, then the area will be likely to be developed. So that was like my thought process and how I decided in the area and the place that I wanted to I wanted to buy. And then I went to different um, viewings, loads of viewings, and yeah, I just made my I found this place and I was like, yep, I think this is the one. <laughs> I think there's so much there to unpack. I think affordability is a big thing and we're going to talk about that yeah. and also accessibility, just the key considerations in choosing um, the location of your property. But before we we dive into that, I'd like us to start from the very beginning. I think owning property is on the goal list of many people, right? And I want to talk a lot about the why with you. Like, why did you want to own property, right? Is it just because, like, because, you know, with me, it was just this thing that I remember when I was in, like, year 10. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy property one day. It became like mm-hmm. this upset. Like that was my entire goal in life. And I remember when I said it, and the guy was just like, "You don't even have a degree. We're talking about property, you know, like step by step." And it's like, I think in our hands. And like it was, it was, I think that just made it even more like, "Yeah, I have to do this thing because I mean, I just have to show that I can't do it." Yeah. And it became this obsession for me. Yeah. Um. You know, but of course, along the way, my decision became a bit more informed, just in terms of like owning assets. Um, starting to build my net worth and, you know, just thinking long-term with regards to the fact that obviously, you know, you start with one, you know, you like, you likely, this is not our forever home, right? Um, And it could be an investment, um, you know, a source of income in the future, ETC. So what was, why did you want to buy and why now? Um, That's a really good question. So for me, it's so many different reasons. I'll start off with like, I've always been big on like, growing my my network like my my net worth in general so like i've been investing you know literally practically since i started working i put a little bit of my salary into like an investment account every month on failing i've literally been doing this for almost 
oh, how old am I? For almost like seven, eight years, right? And for me, like, what's the next level after that that I can do? And I thought, okay, at this point in time, one, I have been living at home for literally since I've been working. Like, 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 like we discussed earlier, I did have that advantage in that I've not had to like pay rent and stuff like that. I've been living at home pretty much since I was working. Um, I moved to London. I lived at home because my mom um, had a place. So I was living there for a while. And I figured, one, the help to buy government scheme came up. And I was like, okay, this sounds interesting. This could give me a, a, a way into the property ladder in a way that I can afford. Because out of that, I probably would not have been able to afford it, to be very honest with you. Um, so help to buy came up and I was like, okay, this thing has a window after which you no longer have access to it. So that made me think, okay, let me start my search now, just in case this is something that I can do. So that was the first thing in terms of the timing of why I decided to go ahead with it um, at that point in time. In terms of why, I don't know, like in the past, maybe a couple of years, I mean, I've always knew I, I wanted to buy my own place, right? So that's always been a thing. Um, but in terms of in the past couple of years, I've just had this strong desire to just have my own place and like make somewhere that's my own, uh, do it up how I want. I know you can do that when you're renting, but like, I just really wanted to own a place, obviously not just because of somewhere that I can live in, also somewhere that I can use as like an investment property later on in life. You know, like you, like we said, this is not my forever home. Eventually I, I plan and I create to move into a bigger home. And then this one can be like the home that brings me rental income, which I can then use to offset my living expenses um, and so on and so forth. So I just felt like since the scheme was ending at a particular time, now is a good time to do the research. I spoke to, I think it was even my parents that brought it up. They were like, oh, why don't you like look at this government scheme and see how you know it could benefit you? And it just so happened that I moved to London at a, at the time when it was like almost ending. And so I was like, okay, it was kind of a bit of a rush because obviously I had just moved and I was like, oh, you know, you want to settle down a little bit before you then think of of, of buying property. But then I was just like, you know what, <laughs> I want to do this now. Let me just see if it's possible. And so, yeah, that was just kind of what happened. And I did my research and my parents had said that, you know, they would support me with the, with the deposit. I think that's also a, good, a key thing to add because obviously I had just moved to London, so I hadn't built up enough uh, foreign currency to be able to afford the full deposit. And so that was another thing that also gave me the support to be able to like do it at this point in time. The other thing I would say was the interest rates. I got so lucky in that. I think by the time I signed my mortgage offer, the interest rate had only gone up. Um, the, the the Bank of England had only in, increased the interest rates once that year. And they literally increased it the, again the Monday after I signed my offer. So if I didn't sign it then, my interest rate would have been so much higher. And I was like, thank God, because... Now we know what the interest rates are, right? If I had waited even like a couple of weeks, like I probably wouldn't have been able to do this. So I think in terms of timing, everything just kind of worked out. But if I just sum it up as like, why? For me, it's just part of growing my my, my total net worth. I wanted somewhere to live in. I didn't want to have to rent in London. If I could afford to buy, why not, right? If that opportunity presented itself to me, why not? And then for me, like I said, later on in life, when I do move into another home, I can then use this as an investment property, get some rental income to offset, you know, sort of my daily expenses. So those are the key things, key considerations for me when I thought about thought about this. With regards to affordability, I think you raised a, a really important point that I think 
we should delve more into because I think affordability is such a huge part of this. Um, I think, you know, when we see people around us, you know, doing things, it looks easy, but, you know, I appreciate your transparency on that, you know, highlighting the fact that A, you lived at home, right, which Mm -hmm. helped, and B, your parents supported with the down payment because I think as it relates to living at home, I lived at home, I believe, for six years if I remember correctly. And that's why, even though, you know, I paid the deposit, I was able to do it myself because I was living at home. So I wasn't paying rent. I wasn't paying, to be fair, I also wasn't paying any bills really, right? You know, I did one of those things here that I wouldn't be a freeloader, but, you know, I wasn't paying. Essentially, I I was literally just making sure that the place wasn't, you know, falling apart or anything, right? And so um, my expenses from a living perspective were absolutely minimal. And, you know, that's why I was able to actually save the deposit, right? But I think one thing I would say, though, for those who are saving towards a deposit now, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I made was just to leave the money in a bank account, right? Knowing what I know now, I would have, even if I were to leave it in a bank account, I would put it in a high interest rate so that at least that money is working for me in some way, right? Because I'm doing that today and the interest I'm getting from some of the accounts, right, are actually useful money, like money that is substantial enough over a period of time that I can actually use it, like you said, upset either living expenses or house bills or, you know, whatever the case might be. And I think so. That's one thing I would say for those who are currently saving towards a property or saving towards anything, really, um, you know, whatever it is, I think being thoughtful about what you actually do with the money as you save, especially if the the savings goal is quite a high one. So we'll we'll take um, a considerable amount of time. I think I think that's that's a big thing because house prices in London are not (laughs) they're not they're, they're wild. It's they're not actually, normal, like. They're actually <laughs> wild. They're so, so wild. I mean, your story about interest rates completely, because when we were renegotiating, we literally left it a week later and our monthly payments increased because the interest rates um, yeah. increased in that time. And I think yeah. another thing that, you know, is 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 a big consideration um, as it relates to affordability. So I think one thing is, you know, the down payment. But the other thing that I would like, and I'd I'd like to hear what your experience has been on that, is all the bills that you don't necessarily hear about, right? Mm -hmm. The extra charges that you don't necessarily hear about and the extra charges that you don't necessarily plan for, right? You said you're in a new build, which means you're paying service charge, right? Definitely. Um, you're paying council tax, mm-hmm. which again, depending, like I lived at home. So council tax was just a thing I heard about and didn't really care too much yeah. about because, you know, until I got the first bill and I was like, as in, <laughs> I might be in punk. You know, there's ground rent as well. Like talk, talk, talk to us about your experience with those surprise yeah. bills, if you like. Oh, gosh. So I'll start with a few bills that maybe took me by surprise pre-close and the first thing I'll say is stamp duty I feel like Mm. I mean the laws have changed and uh, have changed considerably since I began this search like when I first started this um this journey of trying to buy a house I remember when I spoke to a mortgage advisor initially my stamp duty was gonna be like almost 20k I was like that is crazy like this is not this is not like the house like this is just something you have to just pay to the government like 
I was just like, that, that, that's furniture money right there. Like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. I was like, I'm sorry, that money is just, that's just way too much. But you see the yeah. God that I serve. <laughs> After that whole fiasco with them, I can't even forget, I've forgotten the previous prime minister's name that lasted like maybe 30 days or whatever. When she came in, you know, didn't do a great job. The uh, economic, was it the economic transfer? I can't remember his name, came in and then they came up with these new rules and they basically gave like a bit of a few tax incentives for people. And one of them was a stamp duty uh, tax incentive. And it basically reduced the amount of stamp duty you had to pay based on, depending on the value of your property. So basically, if your property was under a certain value, your stamp duty was considerably less. So my stamp duty went from somewhere like close to 20K to like, I think it was like maybe five or six K or so. I can't remember the exact amount. And I was just like, God, thank you. Because I mean, that's still a lot. That's still a huge amount of money, right? So when you think of your deposits, your deposit is not the only thing you're going to have to pay. Depending on, obviously, how much mortgage you, you're going to take, how much deposit you're able to put down, and the value of your property, that will determine what your stamp duty is. And so that's just something I would say just to be aware of, because people, a lot of you might, might not think of it initially. Your mortgage advisor should tell you about it anyways, but the exact amount you wouldn't actually know till you're like close to closing, basically. So just have it, you have a rough, yeah. rough, rough ballpark in your mind about what, you know, what stamp duty you're going to pay. Now, post-close, like you mentioned, service charge. <laughs> Again, you don't know exactly what service charge you're going to pay, right? The way they did it for me, like, okay, your, your service charge is X pounds, per square meter or square foot of the property mm-hmm. and well, you, because mine was a new build and we were literally the first people to move in they couldn't tell you an exact amount it was just like a rough ballpark figure yeah. they were like we can't commit to a particular amount to you but it might be around this but we're not going to commit so you really you literally don't know how much your servitor is going to be till you sign i mean yeah you have an idea right but it could be a lot more it could be a lot less in my case it was a little bit more than what they had they had initially said and if I compare, I don't want to like say too much, but if I compare like my service charge to like the mortgage I pay, yes, I'm not saying it's, it's definitely not the same. And I was lucky because I was able to get a decent interest rate, but it, 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 it it's a huge percentage. Like your service charge can be like, I, I don't want to throw random numbers, but it can be like up to 20% of your, of what. You're really depending on a number of things, including, like yes. you said, the size of the property, the exactly. property, exactly. the management company and all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, is it, is it more luxurious? Like all of those kind of things. Yeah. And then the services and the amenities exactly. as well. Right. Because exactly. you know, if you have a gym, a pool, a sauna, you will pay for it. <laughs> yes. You will definitely pay for it. Like you said, if you have yeah, like, there- some people have like a little like park type thing, not park, but like a little communal area yeah. you know, in your properties and all of that. Yes. So depending on how lavish it is, you're paying for the service charge. Yeah. I remember I was doing my research yeah. and I stumbled on one. You know, when you look at properties that you know you can't afford just for the fun of it. And I kid you yeah. not, this <laughs> charge of like £3,000. I said, wow, God, £3,000. £3,000 is actually pretty decent. Like what? I've heard, depending on, no, like as I'm, it, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about uh, per oh, year. Month. Oh yeah, two thousand pounds per month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's still pretty decent, right? I mean, because if you if you think about like super luxurious places, yes, that's true. That's I know it might sound ridiculous. People are paying north of five thousand pounds a month true. because that's of true. the level of service that they're getting. 
24 hours concierge you know the amenities like you know they don't do anything you have people who periodically come and clean their windows who cut their grass all of that so i think really service charge is really just dependent on the level of service that one is getting i think the issue sometimes and i think i've found this is the issue is sometimes you feel like the money you're paying and the service you're getting are not matching because (laughs) and that you're not cutting my grass like i don't understand (laughs) do you understand what i'm saying yeah yeah so like what are we really talking about? Yeah. You know, so that's definitely a consideration. Because I think sometimes people can afford a flat comfortably, but when you yeah. add the service charge, the service charge, charge estate charge, you know, Oof. which is again a separate bill separate that I, I I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know whether I wasn't listening or I didn't read the documentation enough. No, it's true, because I think it's important we talk about these things, right? Because yeah. it's like at the time I feel like we're also excited to just get the property. Yeah. But then after you get the keys, it's you and your bills that have yeah, to be bills. Are... <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah. Crunching numbers. <laughs> spreadsheets upon spreadsheets, moving, yeah. you know, money around and everything. Um so okay, we've we've spoken yeah. about affordability and then some of the considerations as well. You mentioned that you use help to buy the help to buy scheme um to purchase your property. Can you talk to us about exactly what help to buy is for those who may not be familiar with help to buy and what, what's involved in that process and how that helped you? Like what's the advantage of using it? Yeah, so I use the help to buy um equity loan scheme, and that essentially means that the government will give you a certain percentage towards the value of the property. So for example, if your property is let's say six hundred thousand pounds, um, there are different values for different regions in the UK. The London obviously had the highest because London prices are just crazy. So the government will give you up to forty percent of the value of the property. It's an interest-free loan for five years, um, and then after the five years, you can either um, you then start paying interest. So what people typically do is you if you haven't paid down that forty percent by then, which most people probably won't have because that's a lot of money, you can remortgage and just add it add it to your mortgage balance and then give the government essentially back their money with the mortgage um, that you receive from the bank. Um, so yeah, you get an interest-free loan for five years um, towards the value of your property. What this means is that it makes it, it increases your affordability uh, because you need a, a lower deposit. Not only do you need a lower deposit, under the help to buy scheme, you only need to pay 5% of the value of the property. Most other places outside of the scheme will ask you for anywhere between 10 to 20%. So it does reduce how much deposit you can bring. However, however, I'll add this caveat because this also caught me unaware. Because when I was first doing this, I was like, okay, 5%, that's easy. We can do that. We can run it. But it does depend on your affordability. And that largely depends on the salary that you're earning. So if you have a higher salary, the deposits you can you have to pay is less. It's unfortunate that that's just the way it works. But, you know, that's just how it is. So the more money you make, the lower de- the deposits that you have to pay because it means mm-hmm. that your oh I can't remember that there's a whole calculator and the, that gives you everything but yeah that's essentially how it works and in terms of applying for the for for the help to buy scheme like it was a pretty straightforward process you fill in your application you put in all your details you can only do it as a first time buyer. 
that's another caveat. You can't do it if you've had properties before. They will ask you all these questions and they'll do all their background research. It's essentially meant to give you like a step into or a foot into the property ladder as a UK citizen. Um, so you can't be, you have to be a first time buyer and you, you can only purchase new builds. Now for me, like I said, I found it extremely helpful because I would not have been able to afford the property I'm in now before that, without this government scheme. Like I just wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah, my options would have been more in that I could have, I may not necessarily have bought a new build. I could have bought like an old building and then like done a bit of refurb, but ugh, anybody have, anybody got time for that? And like, especially as a first time I don't want that stress. Like just give it to me already made. <laughs> you get like for my next property i can do all of that i can get a bean down place you know do all the refurb make it look nice make it to my expectations all of that's fine but as a first time buyer i did not want any stress doing anything any of that so it was very helpful to me to just be able to okay fine if i could even help my search process because obviously i knew that i can only get new build and it could it has to be a new build that is under the help to buy scheme because not all properties are under the help to buy scheme. So they have to, to be registered with help to buy um, because there are certain perks of being able to register with help to buy. For example, to secure the place, you only need, a, you only need a to pay £500 and that £500 is, to, is just to secure the place till you then go through the whole process of doing the background check and all of the other stuff and then you bring the first the first deposit. So there's quite a bit of a gap between when you pay the, down, the, the, the reservation fee, as they call it, and you bring the first deposit. So that does give you a bit of time to sort of crunch your numbers, see what's possible uh get get your monies together and stuff so but at least with 500 pounds you can say ah, i've started the process and for me that just gave me a little bit of like a you know just gingered me a bit because i'm like just 500 pounds i got you <laughs> so you put that 500 pounds like, you almost feel like you're already on the property ladder even though you're not but like you know it, it just feels nice and it's you know it's 500 pounds right so yeah and that's one of the perks of, of the help to buy you can you could, you could reserve the property with 500 pounds and and whatnot so yeah that's essentially how it works and yeah, it definitely, definitely helped me a lot. There are definitely a lot of perks, um, it sounds like, from using the help to buy scheme. And I think definitely as a first time buyer, I think there are uh -huh. definitely a lot of, well, not a lot, but I will say there's a bit of support, whether it's yeah. like stamp duty leave. Yes. Um, because I think, exactly. shout out to Richard, I actually ended up not paying any at all because it was in the, oh literally in the pandemic. And the, yeah so like but again it was only available to first time buyers so i think with first time buyers there's just a, there are a lot more yes. perks than with your second yes. property because that's a whole different role game yes. but what are the restrictions if any um with using help to buy i would say the biggest restriction for me personally is that you cannot rent out your property like the whole point mm. of help to buy is to be able to give you a place to live right the government has given you mm. essentially subsidized your property and said okay, I know house prices are crazy right now. Here is a bit of a subsidy so that you can afford to live in this place and also build your, you know, your property, get on the property ladder essentially. So you cannot rent the place out. You can't use it as an investment property. It has to be for you and only you <laughs> to live in. So, I mean, this, depending on how you look at it, it may or may not be a restriction depending on the, on the purpose in which you bought the property. Uh, for me, it's fine because i plan to live there but like if you didn't want to live there for example then this scheme would not work for you yeah and then there's also the new build i mean i think with new builds i completely agree with what you said with regards to just not having that energy yeah. for verb the first time around I've, as yeah. you know sometimes i look back and i think ah, you know it would have been nice but i realize that i probably think like that now because we have this, we've lived in it and, you know, yeah. we're looking towards the future now. Yeah. And so I have a bit more energy. I have a bit more experience. Yeah. Um, but at the time, 
completely agree with you that I think a refurb would have just been very long with zero experience at that. Exactly. No, I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Speaking of furnishing, so it's been a few months in the apartment. How how has it been? What was that moment like? Getting the key and then everything else that has come. You know, I guess in the second stage of owning a property, setting yeah. up all the bills, furnishing, which listen like. When I was furnishing this apartment, like, I don't know. You know what? You know what, Chetta? Like, honestly, I don't know. Like, you know, you just go to a home, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I lived at home. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the house was nicely furnished, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, like, at no point had I ever thought, how, you know, at, on this dining table, there are seven chairs. How much does each one cost? Oh, like, it just... table chairs. Oh, my God. <laughs> So when I was looking and I was trying to buy a bed, I was like, I'm so sorry, but what? Well, you mean the frame and the mattress won't come together? <laughs> First of all, let's answer that. Then the mattress is so expensive. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, it would be interesting to hear about your experience with that. Oh my gosh, where do I even begin? <laughs> I moved in, I was like, oh my God. I remember the, the thrill and just like that feeling of, oh my God, wow, this is this is actually my place. Like, you mean I own this place? Like... I was so overwhelmed. I was so grateful. Oh my gosh. I was like, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like, you mean I actually own this place? Like, this is my place. Like, my name is on the on the lease. All of that excitement and everything. And I was just, oh, it was such a nice feeling. And then furniture, obviously I'd been looking at furniture before I had moved in, right? So I'd been like, you know, gauging. Okay. For me, I'd said it. Okay. What do I absolutely need in like the first month? Like, if I want to actually live here, was the barest minimum. And obviously the first thing I thought of is a bed. Most people just get a mattress. I don't know why I didn't think about that, but I wanted like a bed bed. So I got both the frame and the mattress together. When I tell you the prices, I was like, this this cannot be real. Like, like you said, I, I lived at home. So I didn't really think about the cost of putting a home together, like from a furnishing perspective, like cost of dining table. Coming to what the cost of curtains? What? That threw me way off. I was like, you mean I have to spend... A couple thousand pounds on curtains? What? I, Are you serious? I mean, I, I didn't pay that. <laughs> I still don't have curtains in my like, living room. Like, when no, I was it's my, not, no. When I was doing my research, like, I was seeing the price kind of prices I was seeing, like, for everything, so including installation, plus the curtain reel, plus the... I mean, it depends on the kind of curtains you want, to be fair. I ended up just getting, like, something fairly basic for my rooms, just because, like, I wanted to move in and wanted to live there and i just obviously just needed like blackout blinds just at least to start off with i don't know if i'm going to change it for later definitely didn't cost me anywhere because i think i ended up with paying like maybe 400 pounds or something like that but for me that and that was budget like that was me on a budget but like if i wanted to you know get proper curtains proper installation i would have definitely paid well over a thousand definitely to to, to do curtains for it's crazy it's crazy it is crazy. Like I still have curtains in my living room right now because I had to prioritize. <laughs> I just had to prioritize. I was like, you know what? Oh, I need to just sleep in my room. So blackout curtains in my room for now. And I'll figure out the living room later because that one is a whole different ballgame. Because you're living, obviously, the wider the space, the more it costs. And your living room windows typically will be bigger than the windows in your room. So that just, ugh, gosh. Anyways, that just takes a whole nother level. Like when I was looking for curtains, also not just the price, but just like knowing what to do. Like I went back and forth, like, mm. I don't even know what kind of curtains I want. Do I want curtain rail? Do I mm. want blinds? Do I want Roman blinds? Do I want share curtains? Do I want blackout curtains? Do I want linen, cotton, polyester? Like, 
it's so overwhelming trying to yeah. choose patterns. Like, there's just so many options that I just, I'm like, how do I know what looks nice? How do I know what doesn't look nice? Like, that was such an overwhelming process trying to find curtains, which is still why I don't really have any in my living room at the moment because I still don't really know exactly what I want. And yeah, you could hire an interior designer, but in this economy, no, thank you. I'm going to do this myself. Yeah, girl. <laughs> it's going to no. be a DIY situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. I mean, Yes, one easy way is obviously to hire an interior decorator who obviously has the experience, has the contacts, will probably mm-hmm. will, and will help you navigate. But mm-hmm. again, like you said, they're not. That's an additional cost, which exactly. you know, by the time you're, you're at that time, you're going through the shock of you know the cost of furniture and all of that. So that's not necessarily mm-hmm. a cost. But I, I do think I think what I've learned, and again, because a, a lot more people have bought since then, you know, I was lucky that I had a few people who had bought before. And so yeah. they were able to give advice. So I think number one, like a lot of these um, furniture stores actually have um, software that you can use, you know, putting the dimensions mm-hmm. of your space. And then it, it actually lets you decorate it virtually, right? Oh, okay. um, and then figure out what works in the space. That's number one. Yeah. Number two is, you know, I think not them but you know in a, an alternative to curtains is blinds which me it definitely sounds like blinds are way cheaper right yeah. um and then also i think taking your time as well is the other thing that you know i think you've mentioned that i think is so important like prioritizing you yeah. know not having to do everything at once or not feeling that pressure yeah. to do everything at once. Like, i mean i think once you're moving like you want it to feel like a home i feel yes. like it's probably irritating yes. Yes, and I just like rush to like get like you just want everything to just be to put together like as soon as possible. But you like yeah. realistically, you, you just can't do that unless you're unless you're earning like a yeah. you just have a whole lot of money. Like most people can't afford to just get yeah. everything done at the same time. You do have to prioritize. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And just you know, take your time because especially if you're doing it by yourself, right? I think exactly. there's a lot to be said because again, I think if I were to do it again, that is what I would do. I would take my like even in my prioritization, I would allow things to arrive one by one before I yeah. order the next thing so that I can start yeah. to see how things take shape. Exactly. Right. And then exactly. I can really see what I need. Because I also feel like there were a few things that I bought in advance, you know, as I planned you everything in my need. head. <laughs> I, I probably didn't need, I'll be honest yeah. with you. And honestly, it wasn't until they arrived and I settled yeah. in the space. Because oh actually that's another thing, right? Just getting familiar with the space and settling yeah. in the space. Again, I would have just taking my time so there's really no rush of course you know you want to be settled you want everything to be done but there's Mm. absolutely no rush man take your time i definitely agree and i feel like for me like that's something i really struggle with because like oh my gosh i'm living in an empty and an empty house an empty space like it just felt you know you you want it to feel like a home as soon as as quickly as possible but like the truth is like you said you need to understand your space before you not start knowing what to add i had already ordered some stuff before i'd even moved in like did I really need them? Not really, to be honest. If I think if I think back, I would have probably just waited, right? Did I have to order the mattress with the frame at the same time? Probably not, right? Did yeah. I have to order like yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the things that I would have probably just said, okay, let me just take my time a little bit. But like, there is this rush, like, oh, I just want to get everything ready ready at, at once. I just wanted to feel mm. like the home. Like, what if people come and visit? Like, they they just come to an empty house. I mean. In hindsight, that doesn't matter. Everybody knows you just bought a house, so like they're not expecting to be fully furnished when they come and visit you, right? So that shouldn't even be even yeah. something that you think about. But it's just something that let's just be honest, something that you know would cross your mind when you're like thinking of being, you know, living in a place, being in a place. The other thing I forgot to mention, actually, not just furniture, but like utensils. 
like mm. a kettle. If you want air fry, air fry. Yeah. Ah. Girl. <laughs> Oh I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not even wow. gonna lie. The kettle, you know what? Kettle, because I'm a tea drinker, right? Mm. And so I had to get the temperature um control. Okay, the temperature snake. one, yeah. And I can say that I, I thought about that thing for two months because I just kept asking myself, you want to spend how much? This much on a kettle. On a kettle? <laughs> If I was gonna get the kettle, I had to get the toaster because matching a set, okay. But you know what? I think that that brings me to a question, or I guess you know, one thing that is very clear from the conversation so far is that unless you have unlimited resources, you have to make choices, yes. right? And I yes. do think you know, there are certain things that depending on who you are and, you know, your priorities, they're just not as important, right? So for yeah. some people, a smeg kettle is, please, that's a waste of money. I can use that yeah. same 200 pounds or so to yeah. buy all the utensils I need in my kettle, right? Yeah. But yeah. I, obviously I, I feel like, nope, I'll use that 200 pounds to buy my kettle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can buy all my utensils and my pots and all of that from, you know, the cheapest possible place yeah. without it yeah. being like, you know, like decent, decent, any decent place, right? It doesn't have yeah, to be anything. Yeah, over the stuff. You know, my knives don't have to be chef knives and all of that. Like, I don't really exactly. care about that. Exactly. So for you, what, in, as you finish, what is your non-negotiable? Oh, that's a great question. I wanted a really nice couch. Like for me, I was, I was willing to spend on a really nice couch. Yeah. And like, yeah. Couches. Oh, ciao. Anyways. I mean, I always knew they would be pricey, but like, when you see that money, yeah. you're like, wow, this is how much I'm spending on a couch. Like, yeah. even like here, you're not going to get a couch for less than a thousand pounds. I mean, you can, depending on the kind of couch yeah. you want, right? so you can't find. But typically, on average, you're spending at least one grand on a couch, right? But if you think about it, yeah. like, the yeah. couch is probably where you spend a large amount of your time. So for me, that was non negotiable. I just had to get a really nice couch because. You're on the couch a lot. And secondly, for me, of course, was a really yeah. nice mattress. I just, I was not going to compromise on that. It had to be a really nice mattress. And you can get decent mattresses for decent prices. Like, there are some that you're going to be spending well, like, close to a thousand. But I was able to find a decent one for under 500, which I thought was a, which was, I thought was a pretty decent bargain. But yeah. couch, definitely. I was, that was non-negotiable for me. A nice mattress, non-negotiable for me. I really wanted, because of, like, just trying to maximize space and storage options. I really wanted a bed that had like an ottoman underneath where you could like, which just gave like additional storage. So for me, that was also non-negotiable. And then in terms of like utensils, I I looked at Smeg and I was like, oh, child, you're pretty, but I can't. I, I, don't, I, don't, I just couldn't justify spending over 100 pounds. <laughs> freaking uh-uh. Am I Beyonce? <laughs> Girl, this is why I asked the question. I I think it's important for people to think about it, right? It's important for people to think about it because, you know, you and I, even just you and I, right, we have completely different views. I completely agree with you. Like a mattress and an ottoman bed were non-negotiable because number one, with the ottoman bed, you know, we live in London, right? So space is is not in excess. So you have to be thoughtful about storage if you have a lot of stuff. And yeah. I'm sorry, 30 plus, like I'm not, and I just feel like, you know what, the older I get, there's just some things I'm like, you know what, no, I'm, no, I'm just, no. I'm making yeah. a decision that I'm going to prioritize them. And, you know, mm-hmm. my comforts, because especially like I spend a lot of time 
or I, I guess I used to spend a lot of time in my bedroom. Like I, yeah. I barely used my living space. So for yeah. me, like a couch was not the priority. You know, a yeah. TV wasn't priority because I don't really watch TV. You yeah. Know? But for other people, so I think I think it's important at the start of the journey to be very clear on what's important to you, so that yeah. whatever your budget is. Yeah. You can just prioritize those items exactly. that matter to you exactly. and then just consider, you know, where you go and what you buy um, for the other things. Because sometimes I even look at my kitchen um, cabinets and I look at some, some of the utensils and I just think to myself, at what, like, why do I have a taco holder? Like, when <laughs> have I even ever had like, I've never even had a taco in my life, Cheta. You know what I mean? Like, I was in, I was completely in la-la land. You know what I mean? Like, I don't drink wine. I hardly host guests. Why do I have wine glasses? I think I even have red wine, champagne, and white wine. Like, I'm as in, what? You what? What? I mean, don't get me wrong. If I'm going to do something, I want to do it well. But I really feel like... I yeah. didn't need to buy it. Yeah. Like maybe I would have bought it eventually, eventually. because, you know, whatever. But yeah. Because, you know, adults and I just want to do yeah. things properly. Right. Yeah. I don't want to have guests and, you know, I'm giving them a champagne flute to drink wine. Or <laughs> but I just didn't. I definitely get you. Nah, I'm sorry. Like, I feel like this is part of the home vibe. You get? Yeah. It's like, okay, this is, yeah. this is our home and I'm hosting here. Yeah. So I want to do things properly. But do you know what I really need to buy it when I did? Absolutely not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I really think it's important to just take a deep breath and just be practical. Yeah. Right. Um, and be, and be thoughtful about things. Okay. So what has surprised you so far? Like in the whole process, what surprised you the most? Definitely, definitely like how much it would cost to, not only how much it would cost to furnish a place, but how long it would take to furnish a place. Like, realistically speaking mm. the limited resources you have like your salary and whatever other income that you have how long like potentially in my mind in my mind I was like oh yeah in a couple of months I'll be done furnishing child that's not true like it, it could potentially take a year plus to completely furnish like a whole home and that's just something that I kind of had to get used to mentally because I'm like because every single day I'm like oh it'll be so cute to have this there it'll be so nice to have this there the second room I haven't even done anything to it I've only just put my like study like my desk and my chair like this is just empty right now <laughs> and I'm like oh it'd be so nice to have this there and that and that but I have to just be like Chata if you if you really write down the cost of everything that you want to do you can't there's no way let's just rob a bank there's just there's no way you can afford it you just have to just relax and like take your time with it so I think yeah how long I would have to be living in like a quote unquote incomplete house or a house that is not like fully furnished. That was one thing that yeah. definitely caught me by surprise. And then the additional bills that I just didn't really think of, right? Yeah, we have like yeah. your, like I said, I was living at home. Yeah, my mom made us, uh, cause, because I was living in my parents' place. So, you know, just because, just to contribute, I was paying like part of the council tax and part of the electricity bill. So I had an idea of what that would be, but, Things like the council tax, that one shook me. I don't know why I completely forgot about it. This is obviously my mistake. <laughs> Till I get a letter in the post box and I just see your council tax bill is X, Y, Z. I say, hey, God. <laughs> I don't no, know. I, you know what? I think it's important for us to be transparent because I think depending mm. on where you live, right? Yes. Your, ta- your council tax is different, yes. right? It depends on, I think, the band or the cost of the exactly. house. Exactly. But exactly. I think... 
at a very minimum, you should probably be thinking about at least one thousand pounds. And I'm being very generous. That's very generous. Very close. That's Let me very say very. Exactly. Yeah, one thousand pounds is a bit low. I'll be honest with you, but yes. I also feel like two thousand is a bit too high on yeah. average. So I would say one five. Like mentally one, prepare one for one five. Average. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mentally prepare for that because yeah. I think. I mean, for me personally, when I got my first letter, I was on my way to Lagos. It was in the middle of the pandemic. And thank God I was on my way to Lagos because honestly, if I wasn't, I just don't know how I would have paid for it. Yeah. So I literally just, and then the, the guys sent it to me and said, okay, you can pay it in three installments before the next one is due. And I just thought to myself, as in, I can't afford it, even with this, your installment <laughs> plan, you know, like. It's not like paying ten pounds a month. You're paying like three hundred pounds a month yeah. or something, or like two hundred. Like I can't even remember. Yes. It's not like you're paying fifty pounds a month. You know, like no. your other bills. So, mm-hmm. you know, I suggest you plan for that because yeah. you know, if I were to do it again, actually, I think in addition to the bill, like the the down payment and all the extra bills. Uh, mm-hmm. or extra costs I should say that come with buying a house like the solicitor's fee like luckily yeah. because mine was a new build and they wanted us to use their lawyers they gave us an incentive so they gave yes, us a thousand pounds off so same, same, like, same, yeah. the, the cost of actually the solicitor's fee was quite low but there's like yeah. search charge and this yeah. charge and, and like land charge and all sorts of, like yeah. they're not that much but at that point when you really you know transferred your entire life savings yeah. to some company for your company yeah. 200 pounds is actually a lot of money so i think mm-hmm. if i were to do it again i will take into consideration the estimates that i have for the service charge mm-hmm. um council tax mm-hmm. at just like at about one thousand mm-hmm. i will like i will i will do like the first year bill um Definitely. account as well so that i'm because even if i don't have that money at the moment i can plan accordingly so that if i'm yes. going to nobu for dinner like i'll think twice doing that as in and that's round rent money that's like that's that's something you know so mm-hmm. i think if i were to do it again that's what i would absolutely do differently because it actually made me panic at some point i was like ah, man i think i've made the biggest mistake of my life or like what have i done what would you do differently i definitely i agree with that i think i would account for i would not just take into control like you said the deposits and all the other like fees you have to pay to your lawyers and whatnot i would definitely look at also budgeting a certain amount for furniture as well like People like think, oh, let me just get the place and then I'll fill in the rest out later. I would not suggest that. I would suggest that you 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 have it in your the back of your mind. I have the money for the deposits and the money for at least like you know the basic necessities. And in terms of the basic necessities, realistically, I would say if you can budget like two thousand pounds, I think that's a that's a good start. At least I'll get you your bed it'll get you your basic utilities your your utensils rather you don't need to buy you know some people some people maybe don't need don't need a couch initially and that's fine like the bed is the most important thing if you're working from home obviously you need like a a desk and a and a chair and whatnot so and that one's if if you want to go to the cafe and work there for the time being till you get the money for that there's that option also exists so i feel like have enough to budget for like your the first bits of furniture that you will need. And then obviously, like you mentioned, your like bills as well in terms of like they're little bills, but everything adds up. Like, yeah, there's the big bills like your council tax and your service charge, which take up a chunk of, of your money, right? But there's also the little bills like your, well, I don't know if electricity is little anymore, but before it used to be quite little, but now, you know, it could be, I would say on average, like 
depending on how conservative, like, do you know, like right now, like I make sure I switch off all my lights. I like, I'm very, con- I'm very, yeah. before I didn't even think about it, I switch off my lights. If I'm not using anything, I switch off by the wall. I switch off things like, yeah. you know, I have to remember to be switching off things because I remember I put on, I put on the, even things like the washing machine, the shower, like those things take up electricity. If you don't need to use it, like run it, like I wouldn't run it more than once a day. Like I'm, I want to run it every day because that's a lot that costs a lot of money right so just being aware of those things but anyway, electricity internet phone bill oh gosh i was living life man my mom was paying my phone bill for the longest time just giving you full transparency right and then i was like oh i want to i won't feel like a like a grown-up let, let me let me handle that bill don't worry i got you and i'm just like why did i do that <laughs> i should just i just left i should just left it with her like why was i for me like i'm a grown-up like what's what's my what's my own <laughs> Like that money could have gone for something else. I was just there doing the most, man. Anyways, so like just all the little bills they add up. Um, like you mentioned, like you mentioned. So just plan for for the bills. I would say if it, it might be hard to do one year, at least do six months, right? At least, at least have the the amount you need, um, for six months of of all your bills before you like when you when you're you know looking to, to settle into a new property and i think that'll give you enough cushion to not feel like anxiety on a daily basis and to not be overwhelmed by the whole process of everything because it's easy to get overwhelmed and think oh my god how can i afford this how can i afford this but i mean if you plan ahead and try as much as possible just you you have to prioritize like you, you just have to you absolutely have to you cannot get everything at once and yes you will have to turn down some outings and some trips and some you know like this year for example you know i have i've traveled once but like and i planned i had initially thought okay i'll go to a few more places but realistically like it's either furniture or a trip like like that that's 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 how you have to th- start thinking about things it's either I do XYZ or I buy the kettle I want. It's either I do XYZ or I buy the dining table I want. It's either I do XYZ or I buy the chairs I want. Like you want, like you will have, you will start thinking like that, and eventually you'll be like, you know what? Let me sit this one out so that I can at least have a couch in my living room. So yeah, no, I think you summed it up well. But I also think I think one and one of the things I'd like to add to that is you know we're being super transparent about what the process has been like or yeah what the process has been like uh for both of us particularly Cheta but I think at the end of it you know when once you once you get through all of these new experiences I think you know in Cheta in you and I's case because we lived at home a lot of these things were shocks to us I think um for others it might not be but I think at the end of the day when you settle in your own home that you've put together for your own self like it's you know that feeling is unmatched really and for for a homebody like me it's you know I remember in the in the first few months like I just had so much like peace and just like joy you know I just walk around and being oh that wow girl you really did something here this is like this is this is from like mood board to like reality so shout out to god we appreciate the favor you know so it's it's you know it's and i think that's the essence of this conversation um so that you know hopefully people are better prepared you know there's a bit more transparency in how to navigate some of the advantages that um we had including just the ability to live at home and how much quicker it makes the process right so um you know yeah so congratulations cheta and thanks for joining us on today's episode of the wealthy woman podcast and i'm sure we will see and hear from you soon yes yes thank you thank you